This is the reality. Hello again, welcome to The Reality. My name's Dudley Anderson, so good to be with you. The Reality is a half-hour talk show talking about the reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. For more information, please visit our website, surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we speak with Trevor Newport, leader of a network of churches called Eagles Ministries. Trevor has planted churches all over the world and has witnessed very many miracles in his life, miracles that have changed lives for the good, for good. Trevor was a mathematics undergraduate at Liverpool University, preparing his career for either industry or lecturing in mathematics. But God had another plan for his life, calling him into ministry. Trevor said to God that he would love to accept this calling once he had finished his degree and got a house and got married and made a life for himself. But the Lord spoke very clearly to him and wanted him to step out in faith and begin planting churches. Today, Trevor Newport has an apostolic calling. But I went back to my room and I knelt by my bed. I don't understand what this apostolic stuff is, but I will accept the calling to be an apostle. So it's just incredible what happened. We were in a prayer meeting. There was eight of us in a prayer room. I actually saw heaven opened. Three angels stood outside the door. Jesus came into the door. He said, I've just come to tell you your ministry is just about to start. Our ministry took off from that moment. We had a, a small church of about 40 people. Within a year, we had 100 churches. Now there's over 1,000. I interviewed Trevor Newport in his home as he explained how God was on his case from the start to bring him to a place of ministry. Really, my pleasure today to be sitting in the lovely house of uh, Trevor Newport. It's so good to be with you, Trevor, today, talking about your life and work. Uh, you founded several ministries, uh, currently running a ministry called Eagles Ministries. It's an international ministry. You have churches affiliated to your work. You've written numerous books. You're a missionary, dare I say, traveling around the world, taking the gospel where you go, uh, which means, of course, you know Jesus. Jesus has had an impact on your life. How did you come to know Christ as Lord and Savior? Well, praise God. Uh, I came from a non-Christian home. Uh, I wasn't brought up in a Christian house. In fact, I was forced to go to church when I was a kid, and I hated it. Couldn't stand church as a boy. And so when I was 12 years old, I said to my parents, you have to be kidding. If that's what God is like, if that's what church is like, I have got absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. And I thought for the rest of my life, I had escaped God. <laughs> so uh, all the way through- Famous my, last words, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> so going through my teens, uh, in fact, at 16, I took RE, which is religious studies, and I got 4% and I was kicked out of the, of the, of the exam. So I thought, great, I, I, I've, I've escaped there again. <laughs> And uh, then when I, was, when I was 19, I went away from, went away from home, from Stoke-on-Trent to Stafford. Uh, and uh, I, I moved, I, I was working with GEC, the big GEC factory in Stafford. And uh, I, I moved into digs with a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christian who never stopped talking about Jesus. <laughs> so, of course, you can just imagine the conversation to begin with. We were, you know... The antlers were, 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 you know, he was talking about Jesus. I said, naff off, you know, get lost. I'm just not interested in anything that you've got to say about this Jesus. Well, of course, he had a car and I didn't. So he took me to work in his car. So, of course, I had to, you know, play ball, as it were. So we went to work in his car. But he talked 
about this Jesus as if he was real. <laughs> and I had never, I'll be honest, up to that point in my life, I'd never really met anybody who talked about Jesus Christ as if he was a real person. So, so Brian just kept talking to me, yakking about Jesus, basically in the car and of course I was saying I'm not interested in this stuff I was interested in going to nightclubs playing I was a I was a pool and snooker player so I used to go out every night playing pool snooker table tennis and then nightclubs at the weekend and that was my life basically uh, and he, he used to eat but I used to come in uh, you know sort of late at night fairly fairly inebriated and he would come in he'd been be to a bible study a prayer meeting face beaming I was depressed <laughs> and I could and I and I noticed you know the difference between us. Anyway, cutting a long story short, one day we were playing snooker in the in the in the at lunchtime, and uh, he said to me, he said, he said, Trevor, if you don't become a Christian, you won't be able to play snooker in heaven. <laughs> now I know that may sound strange, but that got me thinking. Yeah. Heaven must be a good place, you know. <laughs> so it, that actually, that was obviously after six months of searching and being witness to. Because don't forget, I hadn't I hadn't heard the gospel for you know all my life, not properly, and he shared it in bits. And uh, eventually, I just knelt down by my bed, and I said, "Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart, forgive me of all of my sins. Uh, I want what Brian's got, basically." And I didn't know any religious prayers. I didn't know the four spiritual laws, you know, on anything like that. Uh, and uh, I just asked the Lord. I said, "I want to want Brian. all I can tell you is a dirty, big, black." cloud it was it was like it was like filth came off me it was it was astonishing i can still feel it to this day 44 years ago came off me and love came into my heart for people and i thought where's this come from it was a love it was a love for everybody but i also loved creation flowers trees that I thought I'd seen before. The whole of creation came alive to me. So as a born-again Christian, it didn't just affect one thing, it affected everything. And of course, I had not been going to church. You know, I'd not been reading my Bible. I didn't believe the Bible because somebody told me it was full of contradictions as a kid. So I believed a lie. And if you believe a lie, you're bound by it as long as you, as long as you do. Uh, and of course, from that moment, I was studying the Bible. I was in the Bible six, seven hours a day, studying it, going to church, Bible studies, prayer meetings. My, my parents thought I'd flipped. They thought I was going to a loony bin, all that sort of thing. And uh, I was on fire for God. I was witnessing to everybody. I wanted, to, I wanted the world to be saved in about an hour and a half, you know. So I was sharing Jesus with people, 19 years old, on fire for God. I then went to a, 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 a charismatic conference in Paynton in, in Torquay, and they talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I went to this conference and I saw 3,000 people speaking in tongues. I said, whatever the theology is, I want that. The heavens are open with people singing in tongues. So I said, I want to be filled with the Spirit. I, I, I said, Jesus baptized me in the Spirit and someone prayed with me, I spoke in tongues. Within two weeks of me speaking in tongues, I heard God's audible voice saying, I want you in ministry full time. Mm. Audible voice, I mean, you actually heard a sound in your ears. Well, I suppose it would be an audible voice to me, but not to you. So you wouldn't have heard it, but I did. In other words, it was, it was God speaking to me uh, in, within my spirit, but to me, it sounded yes, audible. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And of course, I had never, I was unchurched, basically. I was untrained. I didn't know 
uh, all the normal things that people wouldn't understand about the Bible because, as I say, I, I, I'd, not, I'd not been brought up with it. So, of course, I spent between 21 and 23 years old studying the Bible between 8 and 14 hours a day. No TV. Uh, I was in ministry, I was pastoring a church, and I was studying the Bible. I have a photographic memory for Scripture, so I know the whole of New Testament now off by heart. I can see it on the pages. Very useful when you're preaching 18 times in a week. Uh, so, so mathematics. I'm a mathemat. I did a mathematics degree at university. I was. I almost almost played chess for for England. So oh. my my brain thinks in that particular way. Uh, very very analytical. But it means I'm a plonker with a lot of other things. Right? You know, <laughs> can't remember people's names. But when it comes to maths, numbers, figures, uh, you know, reading the scriptures, I can read for an hour, and, and it's like other people reading for ten hours. I can just take it in. It's wow. it's quite amazing. Wow. Very very useful facility. Anyway. Um, so I, I got into ministry very early at the age of 21, started pastoring a church. Uh, and, uh, and then you talk about the relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I've spent so much of my life drawing close to him. In fact, I used to spend a whole day a week just in prayer. And that's when the supernatural began, really began in our ministry, because we started to see signs, wonders and miracles. Uh, in Manchester, we, saw, we watched an eye just completely appear in, in someone's socket. There was no eye in the socket. We prayed and a brand new eye came in the socket. I was 26 when we did that. Then we had a, someone out of a wheelchair, quadriplegic, paralyzed from the neck down. The Lord spoke to me and said, go and pull her out of the chair. I said, what? I was 26. I'd never had a miracle like that before. So I went up to her, prayed with her. She jumped out and ran around the church in our church in Manchester. Our church doubled in size from that moment. It just, people heard about the miracle and people flocked uh, to our church. Uh, in, 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 uh, in things and we've seen miracles like that all the time I see miracles like that a lot wow amazing, amazing. so you, you came to that point in your life where you said okay what uh, my friend has been telling me is real it's true I've discovered it I feel it for myself uh, you know Trevor I've, I've discovered that God watches over his word to perform it yeah. you know he plants a seed in your heart as a, as a youngster the seed was there and his Holy Spirit worked on that seed for the word and the spirit are synonymous. They work together. Yeah. And he, he changed your life. You know, there could be people listening up today and they think, mm, you know, I'm really not interested. I've, I've been to Sunday school. I've heard all that stuff. It's, it's just over my head. I'm not there. I'm not interested. What's your word to them? Well, the scripture does say, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. And the Bible does say, if you draw close to him, right, he will draw close to you. But a lot of people don't make that that choice to actually draw close to God. I remember one of the first people I ever led to Christ, which was at university. I was doing a math degree at university. I said to him, I said, look, because he, he said he was, he got earrings in his ear. He was what we call a punk rocker, if you remember them. And he got leather jacket and he got orange hair and everything like this. And uh, he, was, he was great. He was a great guy. He's a worship leader now in a church. Uh, but I said to him, I said, I said, look, Gary, I said, why don't you ask Jesus to reveal himself to you? I said, you've listened to me share. He says, yeah, I'm not interested. I said, just pray a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me and see what happens, right? Mm -hmm. It went that night, he became a Christian. 
And, he, and I had tried to witness to him and share Jesus with him because he went into his room and Jesus actually came into his room and visited him because he said, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. So he did. And I've had many people I've put that test to say, why don't you ask the Lord to reveal himself to you? Because the Bible says if you ask him, right, if you talk to him, he will start to show himself. Now, it might come through a person. Someone might come and start talking to you. It might be something you read in a book. It may be a personal visitation. But Jesus will come to you. If you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. Because at the end of the day, you and I, as followers of Christ, we're called to be witnesses. You know, we're not the prosecutors or the, uh, you know, the, the attorneys in, in court. We don't argue the case. We simply tell the story. Uh, and it's up to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he convicts the world in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is the convictor, not you or me. We've just got to tell the story, and, and, and God does the rest. Yes. Uh, Trevor, you did also allude to uh, miracles, signs, and wonders. You know, And this is biblical. It's found in the Bible, in the book of Acts. It says there were signs following the preaching of the word. Um, you know, you've said you've seen these incredible miracles. Uh, some people may say uh, it's, it's just a hoax. It's, it's not real. Hmm. Well, you've, you're always going to get that. Uh, but I've had people to see miracles and become Christians as a result of it. Uh, I've had atheists where I've prayed for them to be healed. Many, many times I've, I've had an atheist come to me and I've, I've talked to them and, and they've had a miraculous healing and they become a Christian the same day. Uh, so, so basically, miracles, you see, you can witness to an atheist, but they, they say, well, I don't even believe in the existence of God. So how am I ever going to believe? The way that they believe is through signs and wonders. Uh, and, I mean, Kensington Temple was, was, a, was a prime you know, thing of that. When, when Lewis was ministering in Kensington Temple in London, uh, you know, people were coming uh, 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 who didn't believe in God at all, and the miracles were just happening right in front of them, and they got saved straight away. So mir miracles, like with Benson Idahoza, so many other people where they've proved miracles to people. And we've seen that around the world, where miracles, we've, we've Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists getting saved. Uh, I, we've seen thousands of Hindus in our ministries getting saved not through evangelical gospel but through miracles they get healed first and then get saved mm -hmm. so so basically if i if i meet a, a, an atheist i don't try and preach to them i say well do you have any needs for prayer would you like me to pray for you for healing and i've done that with loads of people i've done it on airplanes i've preached on airplanes Wow. Uh, I've seen miracles on airplanes. I preached on American Airlines recently. I was asked to do it, and I preached to the whole plane on American Airlines. Uh, I, I've had some amazing things happen just recently, this last few years, uh, and just seems to get better and better. Uh, but a miracle takes away atheism, because once they've seen it, they can't deny it, particularly if they see it right in their face. Yeah. And it's their own miracle, that you know, their own body being healed. Uh, and I could give you countless stories. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one. We had one situation where in, in Salford, uh, in Manchester, one of our members, he, he invited his mum to come to church, right? Who was, her spine was crumbling, whole, whole spine was crumbling. She was probably 67 years old, heavy smoker. And uh, she, came, she came to the church and she'd never been before. She came to the church and I said, anybody, and we, we, were, we were just in a season of miracles, huge miracles happening every week. And uh, he, he, uh, he brought his mum. His mum came forward for healing, right? 
And I said, I said, I've never seen you before. Nice to see you this morning. Uh, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No, she said. I said, would you be interested in knowing him as your Savior? <laughs> no, she said. <laughs> and the whole, the whole congregation was sort of, you know, praying under their breath. And I said, well, what would you like Jesus to do for you? I want to, I says, my, my spine is all crumbling. The doctor said, I'll be in a wheelchair soon. I want to be healed. So I, I simply prayed for her. I said, right, okay, let's, let's pray on that basis. So I prayed for her to be healed. And the power of God slammed her on the floor. You know, it's like, she didn't just go down like that. She went, donged like that. Uh, and I thought, that's, that's done it. It's either smashed the spine <laughs> or it's healed it. Uh, and... Uh, people were saying oh no you're gonna kill her <laughs> she was down for 40 minutes Good. on the floor motionless uh, and uh, we carried on with the service we preached and there she was on the floor eventually she got up and she was as drunk as a skunk and happy as larry i mean she was you know wandering like a drunken person she wasn't born again right wasn't spirit filled but the power of god had hit her so she went back to her seat I didn't think much of it. Uh, you know, we, we prayed before her uh, and it was, well, seeds have been sown. You know, we've been prayed for. Anyway, the next morning on the Monday morning, God spoke to me. Very soon as I woke up, go and visit her. Go and visit her. So the obedient person that I was, I obeyed the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I went to find out where she lived and got to her house. And she said, Pastor Trevor, please come into the house. She grabbed me by the arm, dragged me into the house, and she started doing, she started doing, touching her toes. She said, look, <laughs> look, my back is completely healed. And apparently we got the, you know, the medical things and it was all completely re recreated and restored. I said, would you like Jesus as your savior now? Yes, please. <laughs> she got yes. saved straight away. But Thank we've you. seen that a lot where people get a miracle, then they get saved. Fantastic. Amazing. That's why I think it's called Signs and Wonders. Amen. Shiva, we've been chatting, but we're going to take a little break and be back after this. You're listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. You're listening to The Reality. So good to have your company. My name's Dudley Anderson. Indeed, if you've heard anything so far in our discussion and you have some questions or some comments, I would love to receive those from you by email. You can email me dudley at surereality.net. Email me dudley at surereality.net if you have any questions. Today we're talking to Trevor Newport on the reality. Trevor has shared how he grew up with a disdain for anything related to religion or God or church. He thought the church was a total waste of time and a waste of space. From his early teens, Trevor began exploring the world. He became engrossed in the life of snooker, sport and nightclubs. But God was on his case. His flatmate, as a Christian believer, began witnessing to Trevor. Trevor rejected his witness in the beginning until, one day, the Holy Spirit challenged him. Trevor found himself kneeling on his bedroom floor, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. He says, A dirty big black cloud came off me, and love came into my heart. God began working in Trevor's life, and he found himself pastoring a small church and moving in the miraculous Great miracles of healing have occurred under his ministry. Soon, God's plan to call him into apostolic ministry began to take place. 
So let's pick up our discussion once again with Trevor Newport and ask him how he responded to this call of God. Well, it's wonderful to speak to Trevor today in his lovely home. Uh, Trevor, we've heard some amazing stories uh, of miracles and, and events in your life. After you gave your life to Jesus, uh, God called you. And uh, we've spoken about signs and wonders. What are some of the signs that you heard from the Lord when he called you into ministry? When I was, when I was 20, I heard his voice. When I was about 24, I felt Jesus Christ in person come into the room. Now, I didn't see him on this occasion, but I heard him speak to me like you are speaking to me now. And he said, one day you will be on British television preaching the gospel every week. That's what he said to me at the age of 24. That didn't happen until, I think, 23 years later when the God Channel came on. So I had to hold that thought that he gave to me 23 years and then we built a TV studio and we ended up on television for five years. We had our own studio in Stoke-on-Trent. We've got the BBC cameras. We got the whole, we got the whole nine yards. God just blessed us. Uh, and we were on the telly for five years, every Sunday morning. So that was one thing about my personal visit with Jesus. Then when I was, when I was um, 32, the Lord spoke to me. Uh, three things I said I never wanted to do. Three things I said I never wanted to do. Number one, I didn't want to travel. I love England. I don't want to go anywhere. Particularly, I don't want to go to America, right? That was, my, that was my first prayer. Secondly, I said, Lord, I'm a mathematician. My wife has got an English degree. There's no way I will ever want to write a book. Not interested in writing. I'm a mathematician. So I thought, great, I'll never write. And thirdly, I didn't want to be an apostle. It was hard enough being a pastor uh, and a teacher and a prophet, which that, that with those ministries were developing in me during my 20s and early 30s. And I said, I don't want to be an apostle. They get, they get bitten by snakes, they get, they get killed by the brethren, shot at, you know what I mean? Everything goes, you know, I said, I've had enough persecution being a prophet and a pastor and a teacher without being an apostle. So I didn't think that would ever happen. When I was 32, I went on a, I went on a, a, a fairly long fast, but 14 day fast. On day three, the Lord spoke to me and said, write a book. My heart sank. On day seven, he said, go to America. And on day 11 of the fast, he said, by the way, I've called you to be an apostle. So during that fast, he spoke to me the three things I didn't want to do. So now I say, Lord, don't ever send me to Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> so I, so I, I wrote my first book in obedience to the Lord. Then... I, uh, then I went to America, which I didn't want to do. I've been 63 times now to America. I preached in 40 states. Uh, and the third one, the apostle bit, I didn't like. I said, Lord, the Bible says they call themselves apostles and they're not. You know what I mean? I argued with him over all the scriptures. And I said, I'm 33, by the way, this time, nearly 33. I couldn't be an apostle, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in those things. So I, I, I fought with him for three years and I would not accept it. And every time I'd fast and pray in the next three years, the Lord said to me, I've called you to be an apostle, please accept it. Uh, and he, he didn't get angry with me. He simply said gently, I've called you to be an apostle, please accept it. At 36, uh, I kid you not, I was in a meeting with Colin Urquhart uh, at Roffey Place. And he started to talk about the fact that it had taken him three years to accept the apostolic call. My ears lifted. Anyway, at the end of the meeting, uh, there, was, there was 150 leaders from all over the country. I was at the back, and there were 150 leaders, and Colin said, who would like to be part of my apostolic network? 
Every single one put the hand up. The Lord said to me, you're not. You're not too, because I've made you an apostle. And I said, I said, wait a moment, wait a moment. I'm 33, Colin's 60, whatever he was. Uh, I, I want to be part of this. He said, you, you won't, you can't, you, ca you can't, it's not possible. I said, what do you mean? And I was having this argument with the Lord. Anyway, he prayed for all these people. All 150 went down on the floor as soon as he prayed for them. And I was the last man standing at the back. And he missed, he didn't, didn't come near me. And the Lord said, so he can't see you. I said, what do you mean he can't see me? So I chased after Colin, got right into his eyeballs. And I was like, I was, I was closer than the, we are now. Uh, and I got right into his eyeballs and he walked away from me. Hmm. And I did, it, I did it three times. And the Lord said, I told you. And I've, ta I've spoken to, I spoke to Colin. Of course, he's died now. But I, I spoke to Colin afterwards, right? And he said, you were never at that conference. You were never even there. Wow. Amazing. You weren't even registered to be at this conference. I said, I was. But I went back to my room and I knelt by my bed. And what happened next changed my life again, if anything changed my life. But I, had an ap I, I, I said to the Lord, I knelt by my bed. I said, Lord, I don't understand what this apostolic stuff is, but I will accept the calling to be an apostle. At that, per at that time, we only had a particular number of people in our ministry. We had a, a small church of about 40 people that we were just pioneering for planting a new church. And we did, I didn't have any connections with any, any other pastors. Within a year, we had 100 churches. Mm -hmm. Now there's over 1,000. So it's just incredible what happened mm -hmm. uh, that day. Mm -hmm. But what happened, I'll, I will tell you. Can I, shall I tell you what happened? After I came back from that conference, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody that I'd prayed that prayer. I didn't speak. To, I didn't tell my wife. I didn't speak to anybody. None, none of my team. None of my, none of my staff or anybody. I just, I just, I just. It was between me and the Lord, and we were in a prayer meeting. There was eight of us in a prayer room. There was Ruth. My wife was sitting next to me. Our children were teenagers uh, at that time, and four of our worship team. So there was. We were just praying for two hours, and all of a sudden. We were all instantly slain in the spirit. All of us instantaneously, we couldn't move. I couldn't move and I'd never experienced this before. Not when my children were teenagers, right? And always, you know, doing, and they were, they were there. And I could see my wife's eyes looked at mine saying, what have you done now? Because nobody could move, couldn't move her arms, couldn't move her legs, couldn't speak. And I saw heaven opened. I actually saw heaven opened. And I, it was, it was, I could look up and I saw a bright light coming down from heaven. What is going on? I was never experienced anything like this before. And three angels came down from heaven and Jesus was in the midst of the angels. I could see Jesus was in the middle, beaming smiles on their faces. And they, 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 this is in Hanley in our headquarters church. Uh, and we, the, 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 the three angels and Jesus walked down the corridor. The three angels, I watched this in full color, technicolor. And I'd never experienced this before. Three angels stood outside the door. Jesus came into the door and he came straight up to me with a big beaming smile on his face. This is two weeks after I'd accepted the call uh, at uh, Colin O'Connor's place. He slapped me like that, as hard as that. Which, that's when I knew it wasn't a vision. Because a vision, you could just see. Mm. I felt him slap me. It was a visitation from heaven. And he said to me these words. He said, hi Trevor, it's your brother Jesus here. I've just come to tell you your ministry's just about to start. I'd been in ministry 15 years at that time, but as far as he was concerned, it was just starting. Our ministry took off from that moment. I'd, all over the world, just wow, I mean, stories I could tell you. I mean, in Nepal, we, we started with two churches. Now there's 350 churches. In India, we, we had 20, started with 27, and now there's 800. In Japan, we've got 
now six churches and, and mir miracles like that around the world networks have just whoo, sprung up and it's because of that it's because of that and it's all about him not about me I, all i did all i did was obey i just said yes lord <laughs> it's exciting Well, it's really been my pleasure today to speak to Trevor Newport on The Reality. Trevor leading a group of churches around the world under an apostolic ministry. If you'd like to know more about Trevor Newport, please visit the website trevornewport.com. For more information about the ministry of the Apostle, indeed the fivefold ministry, please read Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11. If you have any questions, I would love to answer those questions. Drop me an email, if you will, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. You can help us produce these radio programs to impact lives around the world by partnering with us. Go to our website, surereality.net, and click on Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, keep your eyes on the reality of Christ. 